0: Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at CelebrationChurchLive.com. This is the last piece of the Before the Door series. We're done with this one after today, but we're not done because this is something we carry on. The rest of your life, every day is going to start on the other side of a door. So we have pounded this drum for eight weeks because as your pastor, I want you to get this because it matters. It'll make a difference in your life. If you get this little running start that we've given you over the last eight weeks and you carry it forward, man, it will make a difference. And I hope that those of you who've tracked with us all this are already seeing that, but we've we've hit this thought eight times now. We've come back to it eight times that life On the other side of the door is impacted by what you do before you walk through it. Before you walk through it matters. And so we've been looking at these things and we've come back over and over again. Again, because there's this tendency for the first part of this to be true. And we've got to push against this drift to the first part of this scripture. Zechariah 4.19 says, do not despise small beginnings. We just do. We don't like small beginnings. We like big bang, wow, ready to post it to Instagram and Facebook. This is amazing. Those are the beginnings we like. We don't like the little beginnings, but most big things, most big changes start in these little steps we take. And God has a different perspective of it. And I really want us to carry that away from this series of God's perspective that the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand and one more time, for those who are here for the first time, Zerubbabel is a, is a guy from the Old Testament who was part of the advance team to rebuild Jerusalem after they had been in exile for a, a long period of time. And, and Jerusalem had been decimated by its enemies. And now they're, they're going back in and they're going to rebuild. And the guy sets the plumb line. He just drops it there and it's like, okay, this is where we're going to start. This is where things are going to get rolling at. Haven't set a, haven't set a brick, haven't set a stone, haven't done anything that you could post... It's just the plumb line, and God's stoked about it. He is pumped about this. He is rejoicing to see the work get started, and we have to be aware of that because there are these small beginnings make a difference, and there are times there are these little beginnings, um, and and we're not even aware sometimes of of the, the power that's there. We're not even conscious of the power and the potential that exists. This week, 26 years ago, went back home for spring break to Odessa, Texas, from my time at ASU, and met the most wonderful person on the planet. Met my wife, and uh, met at spring break, and and uh, so was there. Had no job, so we just, you know, did different stuff. And down Interstate 20 from Odessa is Monahans, and just outside of Monahans is Monahans Sand Hills. anybody who's been to the Sand Hills, it's just a lot of sand, and So, and so we, but from Odessa, we didn't even have that, so go down the highway and you go sand surfing and took volleyball and volleyball net to so go and do some sort of spring break fun because Odessa, surprisingly, is not a spring break destination, and so uh, they don't have to have crowd control for that, and um, and so we go and having to make our own fun and have a good time, so I was like, hey, it's it's March, it's a little brisk in the evening, um, I'll take some wood in the back of my pickup, we'll have a fire, you know, it'll be a great time. So I'll load up a bunch of wood in the back of the truck before we head out, get everything else we're gonna take, get there, play volleyball, make hot dogs, have fun. I was being responsible, took a shovel, dug a nice big hole in the sand to make my fire down in the hole, built a big old fire, we're having a good time, having guitars, singing some worship stuff, having a good time. Guy, park ranger comes up, um, lets me know that that's illegal, gives me a $200 ticket, and and this is 26 years ago. That $200 stung when you're 19 years old, extra. And uh, so a $200 ticket, and uh, said I had to get every bit of this fire that's on fire, and I had to make it all go away. So I had to put it out and then I had to carry every piece of it away from the. We carried it in, I have to carry it out. I was gonna bury it, but you know, I thought that was responsible, but um, anyways, we had to carry it all out. So we put it out and we let it cool and we got it cool enough for us to pick up the, the bits and the logs that were left and all the stuff and stick it in the bed of my truck. And like, okay, all's good, we got all the stuff. Start heading up I-20 back to Odessa. And it's night, and all of a sudden, we're about 10 miles out, and I start seeing a nice little glow in my rearview mirror. And then I look in my rearview mirror, and there's a nice little campfire in the bed of my truck going 70 miles an hour down the highway. Well, I've never done Mach 2 with my hair on fire, but I have gone 70 miles an hour with a campfire in the bed of my truck, with my truck on fire. And so we pull over and, you know, and get it out and whatnot. But what I, what I didn't know when we loaded up is I didn't realize there was still that much heat there. I didn't realize it. I had honestly, I, I didn't know to, 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 to deal with it. I, I despised it. I didn't realize it was there. I thought it was dealt with. That It was gone. It was over. And But then as you get, the, the fuel was there, still just enough heat, and you get 70 miles an hour of oxygen pouring into the bed of that truck, and guess what? Here comes a nice roaring blaze. And, and so many times we, we don't realize The potential that lies right there with us. We don't recognize that it's right there the whole time and we'll despise it. And there's this this potential, there's this fire, there's this thing. And guess what? I wanted fire in my truck every day, which is why I would go to the town and country and pump gas into my tanks. And I wanted fire in those cylinders and pistons. I wanted fire every day. Um, I did not want a campfire. Um, separated from two big explosive tanks by a little bit of forged sheet metal. And um, and so, but we have to recognize, you know, that there are things to our good, to our bad, that that are at work here. And if we don't handle them properly, they're still going to have their effects. They're still going to have their effects. I wanted a campfire one place. I didn't want to campfire another place. But you put all the ingredients in, you still get the campfire. And so we want to be aware of that. Today we're going to talk to you about the, the weight and the power and the authority of what you have to say of your words. We've talked about prayer, and we've talked about a lot of different things through these last eight weeks. But today we're gonna look at this, um, that we need to pay attention to our words because they'll build up or they'll tear down. Now, we know this in our relationships. Anybody you care about, or you have a spouse or children or you know, growing up as a kid, um, you know the weight of words. You know how powerful those things are. And and if you are in a in a in a relationship with someone you care about, I would I would bet a hundred bucks right now that what you have said, I'm sorry about more than forgetting to carry out the trash or forgetting to pick up one of the kids and they stood there for way too long at school. That's never happened to me. And um, and so. And forgetting different things. I've had to say I'm sorry for a lot of things over the last 25 years, but what I've said I'm sorry for the most has been my words. Has been my words. And I would imagine about 100 bucks in your life with anybody you care about, what you've said you're sorry for the most is words because those words have weight. They have meaning. They have, they, they have impact. And we have to be conscious of that. And it's not just relationally. We see it there first, but it carries a lot deeper than that. Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. The tongue. This is the, the book of wisdom here in Proverbs. We go back in the Old Testament to Deuteronomy 30, 19, and and God is speaking through Moses to to his people, Israel, for them to be able to make some better decisions. He says, I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life so that you and your children can live. There's both available, but choose the life. And then here we find out that maybe a piece that helps us to make that shift towards life, maybe it's our tongue, Maybe that plays a little bit of a role, that the tongue is the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Now, I'm not talking about the old SNL sketch of of, of uh, um, Mr. Smalley's, Stuart Smalley's daily affirmation. Anybody old enough to remember Stuart Smalley's, him looking in the mirror and, and, and declaring to himself, you know, that I'm good enough and I'm smart enough, and by golly, people like me. And so, and I'm not talking about that kind of thing. I'm I'm talking about with these things that come from down deep on the inside of us and paying attention to what is said. And this plays into our relationship with God because we ought to be purposing to lean in, to know God better and to trust him more. We'll be learning to, to know God and know what he has to say and begin to echo that in our lives begin to say what he says. When there's tension between what we want to say and what he says, that we go with what he says. And we've we've heard it all the time. Well, well, my daddy always says, or as my grandma always said, and even though they didn't have all the truth all the time, we quote them because they had the truth that time. And like, man, dad was right. He wasn't always right, but on that, he was right. Oh, grandma, she wasn't always right, but on that, she was right. And I'm quoting her on purpose because she was right. We have a heavenly father who is truth itself, who is truth itself, and we ought to be leaning in and learning what he has to say and echoing and saying what our heavenly father has had to say. We've called this message itself, we call it speech and debate, and I don't even know if they offer that as a class. It's been a long time since I was in high school, And so, but you used to have speech and debate, and have it as a class. Well, I've titled that this because in each of us, there's an internal debate. On so many different fronts, on so many different things, on a regular basis. There's this internal debate. And for those of us who are, who are Christ followers, there will be this thing where the Holy Spirit begins to give some leading and some prompting and remind us things. And then the debate comes when that doesn't go with what we want. I don't feel like doing that. I don't want to do that. And there's this internal debate and over and over again, you'll see what wins the debate is what you speak. Your speech wins the debate. When there's internal thing over and over and over again. And, and in fact, Jesus says in Matthew 6 31, and it won't be on the screen, but he's talking to his disciples there and says, uh, as they're dealing with worry and fret and all of the thought stuff that begins to just get us in lockdown with life about not worrying in these things. And and King James Version says, he says, take no thought by saying. Take no thought saying. We have all these thoughts rumbling around in our head and our heart, and we begin to own them. We begin to take them when we begin to say it, when we begin to to release it and to declare that. And that's when it begins to to carry a stronger weight, and we need to to be aware of that and and the dynamics of that. In our life, in fact, Jesus says in Luke 6, 45, he says, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And that is why those I'm sorry I said that apologies are so difficult to receive, those I'm sorry I said that apologies are hard apologies to receive because we know that came from somewhere. Every time I've had to tell cutie, babe, I'm sorry I said that. I'm sorry I did that. She'll see that I'm truly grieved and she'll, she'll see that I'm, I am sorry, but she knows it came from somewhere. And the deeper issue is let's deal with where this came from. Why did this come? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And we need to see that that our mouth is a mirror to what's going on in here. And we need to be aware of that. We need to be conscious of that. In fact, Peter writes in 1 Peter 3.10, he says, For whoever would love this life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. And I really love the way the message translation reads. It says, For whatever... <clears throat> Whoever wants to embrace life and see the day fill up with good. I think that's all of us when we get out of bed in the morning. In our before the door moments, nobody says, man, I hope it's pretty cruddy today. You know what? We're going to have some rough days. I hope today stinks and then the rest of the week can be okay. Just put all the junk today. I'm ready for it. No, we don't. Nobody wants a junky day. Nobody wants a sorry day. All of us want this place to embrace life and see the day fill up with good. This is this this is what we were built for. Jesus said, "I said I came to give you life and life to the full." This is what we were built for. He says, "So here's what you do: say nothing evil or hurtful. You want to see your day." You want to have a good day, see it fill up with good. First, quit being hurtful. Quit it. Just quit saying, you don't even have to be say all these wonderful, build up, make things better things. Just quit destroying your day with your own mouth. Just quit running through and running and just wrecking all sorts of stuff and just opening your mouth. Just stop that part. If you'll just stop swinging the hammer, you will see destruction cease. Just, we have to back it off. Yeah. See, our mouths reveal the two biggest issues in life for us as children of God. It reveals two biggest issues, what we think about God and what we think about others. See, this, we, it's, all of this comes in. Remember, Jesus said, everything gets summed up. All the law, the prophets, all of life gets summed up in these two things, love God and love others. In every tension, we, every real tension we have in life is a tension on one of those two places, loving God or loving others. Every real tension we have, because those are the things that matter. So here in this that we need to understand first and foremost, because this there's been great teaching on the power of your words and the power of confession for decades now. Wonderful teaching on the authority of, your, of our mouths and, and being aware of that and seeing the scriptures in this, but in some immaturity, some believers, and I got caught up in it years ago too, they took this out of whack and, and began to like police one another. And like somebody would begin to talk about and be honest about what was going on in their life. You're like, don't say that, don't say that. That's a terrible confession. And we get in each other's grill and all of a sudden we shut down being authentic and and honest and real. And we put on some sort of fake fake thing on there that, 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 that faith is something else. But I want us to, to just put... The, the hammer in, the, in, the, in that coffin, the nail in that coffin forever on this. Jesus himself models this for us. Let's look at Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, verse 5, it says, When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion, that's a, that's a Roman soldier with authority, uh, came to him asking for help. He said, Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Let's pause right there. Okay? Old school, this, you know, that it's that you got to watch your confession and positive confession. This is where, if that's the way we're supposed to do with one another, Jesus would have said, Shut your mouth. Why are you saying so, so negative stuff? All that. If that's the way we were supposed to be, because that, that is a that's not a positive thing. He lies at home, paralyzed, suffering terribly. Well, if that's what you want, say it. No, it's what was happening, it was the truth. If you peek in his window, there's a servant. He's paralyzed and he's suffering terribly. That's what it was. That's how it it existed. So now we see Jesus' response. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? Jesus' response to that, when somebody's honest and vulnerable to you about what's going on in their life, don't say, why are you whining about it so much? Say, "Let's, let's talk about healing. How are we going to bring some restoration? How are we going to do this? How are we going to get Jesus involved in this? How are we going to bring some restoration and some wholeness? All you ever do is whine. Maybe there's some whiny stuff in their life. Maybe there's some hard things. Let's not get on our high horse and, and, and all this. Let's be honest and real with one another because there's another option. And that's what faith speaks. Faith speaks the fact that it doesn't end there. That may be the way it is, but it's not over. So, guess what? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but you just say the word and my servant will be healed. Bam. For I myself am a man under authority. I've got bosses with soldiers under me. I'm a boss. And I tell this one, go. And he goes. And that one come and he comes. And I say to my servant, do this. He does it. And when Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him. Now remember, those following him were Jews, were Israelites, were people of Israel, his disciples. Peter, James, John, the crew, they're all Israelites. Who he's talking to, he's looking at a guy who's not an Israelite, who doesn't understand the covenant and who Jehovah is and all that. But he understood who Jesus was. He says, truly, I, I tell you, I have not found Anyone in Israel with such great faith? This was incredible, jaw-dropping. Jesus turns to his disciples and says, None of y'all have faith like that. None of y'all have faith like this guy. And what was it? He recognized the struggle, but he recognized that there was a God and there's a Jesus who is able to deal with the struggle. That there was life and death and the power of his tongue said to Jesus, you say the word and it will be done. This is how we walk this out. It's not about being freaked out that I say something negative and all of a sudden I've ruined my whole day. My goodness, nobody can live under that weight. Jesus didn't encourage to live that way. What he said is we're to live by faith. We're to keep our eyes on him and recognize that there is another option. It's not over. There is a God in the universe that matters. Jesus goes on in Matthew uh, eight thirteen says, and then Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done just if you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. At that moment. that this guy was a guy, was a faith guy, even though he was just being honest about what was going on. So let's not turn this into something weird, okay? Let's not turn the understanding the power of our words and speaking life into something goofy, all right? Let's grab a hold of what God has said and let's, let's lean into that. And then the next thing we see, so how we how our mouth will reveal what we think about God. Like I saw a problem, but he saw a God who was bigger. Our mouth will reveal if we think our God is bigger than our problem or not. Yeah. Then the next thing is about one another. And how we speak to and about others is vital to live in the, the life that God has for us. We're going to look at James, okay? James writes to people who are believers, people who are their relationship with God matters to them, okay? And that's who he's writing to, all right? So here we are. We've all taken some time on a Sunday morning. We've got a room full of people who we care and our relationship with God matters to us. We're we're here on Sunday, it matters on some level. And so here we are, We're we're the right audience for this that James is writing, okay? And so in James chapter three, verse two, it says, we all stumble in many ways. None of us got it together. None of us got it together, whoosh. Guess what? You can have your relationship with God be a priority and you not have it all together. In fact, you stumble in many ways. That your walk with God looked more like a stumbling with God. You know what? But it's with God. And it's moving forward and it matters to God. So he says we all stumble in many ways. That that fits us all. Everybody on the stage, and I think everybody's sitting in the chairs, but I know everybody on the stage this fits. So we all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what he says is perfect. Immediately shifts in all the stumbling and all the other issues we deal with in many ways, many ways. Now he's going to talk about one way. What we say. It says, anyone who is never at fault in what he says is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. It is amazing how when we begin to get our mouths in line and our mouths to work better the way that, that honors God, how so much else comes in line. It's amazing. It's amazing. If I want some of the way that I treat my wife to get better, if I'll begin to just talk to my wife a little better, so many other things come in line. All of a sudden, I don't have to remind myself to open her car door and treat her with a little bit of sweetness. She can open her car door. She's a strong, powerful woman. She can open her own dang door. She can drive the car if she wants. <laughs> but you know what? I can treat her with a little bit of deference, and I can treat her sweet. Not because she can't do it, but because I want to do it for her. And I don't have to remind myself of those things when I'm being conscious of what I have to say. It says we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us. This big 1,000-pound-plus beast. You stick a 170-pound person on the back of it, and all of a sudden it's obeying. Why? Because you're controlling its mouth. Put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, and we turn the whole animal. Or take a ship as an example. Although they're so large and driven by strong winds, they're steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark or a Ford truck set on fire by a small spark. Um, the tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life, the whole course of one's life on fire. And is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, and reptiles and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. This is why we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. This is why we need the Holy Spirit because we can't do it. Somehow we get emotions get up, and this thought process between here and, and here just like it's like direct. It's like instant download. You know. We need the Holy Spirit to be able to do this. Human beings can't figure this out. We can't do it. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father. You remember he's talking to people whose whose relationship with God matters. And we do this. We praise our Heavenly Father. We praise Him. And and we got that part going in the good direction. And with it, we curse human beings who've been made in God's likeness. One of my moments where I would just Felt like a, felt so foolish, as I was been minister for a couple of years, youth pastor here, and driving down Sherwood Way, and and was headed back to the to the church building the office, and this little Toyota pulls right right in front of me out of Henry's at lunchtime. Man, I have to hammer my brakes, my '66 Mustang. Where you gonna tear my car up? So I hammer my brakes. I don't honk. But I whip over and I hit my accelerator and go by let them know, man, they bother me. And as I go by, there's no sign language, praise God. I was that far along. And I look over and it's our associate pastor and missions director at our church. And we're going to the same place. Me and Daryl Evans pull into the parking lot. And I'm like, ah. I'm so sorry, because in my car, as I was braking and acting, I'm like, idiot, moron! I may have been singing, come magnify the Lord, three seconds before that. I could have been singing, I sang in the car all the time. I had no radio, had dual exhaust with glass packs, glory to God, that's what I had. Sounded amazing. I'm off track. (laughs) But one minute I could be worshiping God and the next minute be yelling moron at a man I loved and respected. We just don't do good on this. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this just shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. Now, he's so generous with us at the beginning. He says, we all stumble in many ways. So I, I, I'm not poking it. This is all us. Everybody's toes are equally stepped on, okay? We all need help on this. We all need help on us. But folks, this is, we need to, to, to recognize this. And, and before the door is a great time to do that. A great time to begin to, to say, you know what, God, help my, help my mouth. Help my mouth be like what Paul wrote here in Colossians chapter 4, verse 9. Let your conversations Be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. God, I'm going to have some conversations today. Lord, help them be full of grace. God, I'm going to choose life and help my mouth to bring life and not bring destruction. I'm going to talk to the people I love the most today. Lord, help my mouth to communicate how much I love them. Even though if there's frustrations, even if there's hard things to deal with, even if there's difficult stuff, I don't have to ignore that. But I have to bring grace and love into the middle of it. And let my mouth be the medium for that. We wrap up the series and we're done. We're not done. Because we're all going to have a lot more before the door moments to get as individuals. and, And so what we've got something for you is a door hanger. Whoops that will give you on the way out, and I want to encourage you to take one of these, and if you'll just keep it on your bedroom door or on, your, on your, the door to your house or apartment before you go out, and just keep it through Easter, okay? It's just a month, so you don't have to keep this forever. At that point, you can wad it away and not feel like you're like, forget, I'm not doing before the door. Um, it's just through Easter, and so and keep this on there, and it's just let it be a reminder as you go on the inside of your door, that when you go to grab that door handle, you see this little thing hanging there and, and be a reminder. And, and it's got some things. It's got all of the eight things we talked about in this series. And, and there's scriptures that go along with them. And then as you before you leave, over the next month, that you you grab that and you, rem, you remember that small beginnings matter. And, and or maybe take a little moment of prayer and just say a little prayer for whatever's on your heart in that moment. Whatever's driving your day in that moment, talk to God about it in prayer. Speak some word or, or, or take a little moment and, and rest and open your, open your Bible app and, and read a little bit. Say something that you're thankful for. Just have a gratitude moment right before you open the door. Maybe do worship. You can do one of these differently every day. You, you don't have to do all of them. Just, just something on there to remind yourself that you're about to go live. You're about to go step out. You're about to I- interact with people. Let's take a little small beginning here that's gonna make a big difference on the back side. As we wrap this up, then uh, our bottom line today is simply say the word. Just say the word, what God's word says. Say that. Let's be in alignment with what he has to say because he's got so many great and precious promises that, that he has already spoken over your life, folks. So before you leave your home, before you leave your home, connect with God in a meaningful way. I'm telling you, this is, this is life transformational stuff. It's made a huge difference in my life. Huge difference in my life. And as your pastor, I, I want to see that for you. I want to see that. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.